0: The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff,
1: and management. Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders, recognized in their fields, who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team, and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton.
2: Welcome to this week's episode of Leadership Stars. You know, it's getting to be close to the holidays, and there's no getting around it. The holiday season can be a highly emotional time. And there are lots of things that we can talk about around uh, emotional uh, connections with your family, with your friends, with food, um, with just the holiday itself. There's just so much going on that it's real easy to slip off of your normal schedule and out of your normal um, brain function and what you're thinking and what you're doing and that kind of thing. So I have the most amazing woman on with us today to talk about just those kinds of things. And that's Robin Perry. And she has a master's in psychology. But what I found with some of her certificates. They were just incredible. She's an emotional code practitioner. She's an integrated life practitioner. And on top of that, she's an ordained minister. Uh, what I'd love to is that she spent the last two decades searching for tools that bring authentic healing to those really tough-to-heal afflictions, addictions, PTSD, and I've had some very close friends who've had both of those, so I understand how challenging that can be. She's written a couple of books. She's passionate about helping people manage their brain chemistry, physical health, and mental and emotional well-being. So today we're going to dig deep into... How can you manage all that emotional stuff during the holidays without killing your family? So, Robin, it's really great to have you on, on board. Well, thanks. I'm so excited to be here, and, and I really do
0: love this topic. Um, it, it's definitely an emotionally charged time of year, and that's
2: not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> I agree. I mean, it's the, the time of year where we get to, we go to Washington. We were talking about that because my mother in law, uh, who's 94, lives up there with my husband's two sisters. And we get a chance to see them generally once a year, but sometimes twice a year. And this year it's going to be twice. And we're going up, we're driving up uh, just before the holiday and coming back on Black Friday, of all things. Um, but it, it will be an interesting time, to say the least. Um, she has some challenges with um, the number of people in the room and and how how she relates to that, as well as how long does she get to stay before she can't handle the emotions any longer. So mm-hmm. one of the things I wanted to ask you was, what can you do around some of those difficult, I don't want to say difficult family members, but difficult situations with family members in such a way that um, you, you walk away still loving each other and saying, I had a really great time and I got to know somebody better or whatever it might be? Well, there's so many
0: directions to go in answering that question, and I think it really depends on the situation and the individual um, I am all about transparency and I believe that even on holidays about not sweeping things under the carpet, um, there's appropriate ways to talk about difficult topics and not Mm -hmm. just stuff them inside. And my general rule of thumb is stuffing doesn't usually work. It belongs inside a turkey. Right. And, um, (laughs) so I think that's, you know, one of the things is, uh, some of the times I'll coach people and I'll say, um, Do you have any unfinished business with any of these people that you really should talk, that you've stuffed, that you've not dealt with, that you know is potentially going to get triggered? And can you make a phone call before this event and and come to some kind of terms of either working it out and if it's just an impasse to at least have some transparency that just says, hey, can we just agree to, um, you know, not be passive-aggressive towards each other, not throw digs, you know, let's say we're going to take mutual responsibility that we just don't like each other. (laughs) And can we just try to make this pleasant for everybody else and have a good time and maybe just consciously avoid each other or consciously try to be kind, even though we know we just can't work this thing out. And I know that actually takes a good bit of emotional maturity to do that. Mm -hmm. But I just think most people think that it, if they just avoid conflict, they'll be okay,
2: and it's just not true. I, Robin, I would agree with you, I, because I think it then becomes the elephant in the room, and so even though you're not discussing it, it's still there, and everyone knows it's still there, right?
0: It is, and you know, one of the things I, I talk about every day is that we're like icebergs, and about 95% of us is in our subconscious. hmm And we're also made up of energy. So we are constantly giving off energetic messages 24-7 in those environments. And we're communicating loud and clear. So just because we're not saying something, we are definitely creating vibes and feelings that people pick up on. And it it does affect the atmosphere we're in, um, in addition to just affecting ourselves. So we really can't successfully hold it in. Um, or it's really just everybody
2: kind of faking it, and that still doesn't really work either. Yeah, it's it's the family dinner where everyone's sitting there just smiling at each other right. and eating, but nobody's talking because you're afraid to um, bring up uh, get into that topic. And you know it's going to be a disaster if you do. So I I understand that completely. And, you know,
0: I mean, obviously politics is heated, especially in these past couple of years. And I think you just say, hey, let's just agree to not have political discussions. Mm -hmm. You know, we can find things to talk about other than things that do get very heated or get very emotional or conflictual.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I, I so agree. And it's it's one of the things that we've agreed to long ago and far away is you don't talk about religion, you don't talk about politics. And if if we can do that, we generally have a, a really fun time. Um, I know when the girls went to visit a couple of years ago at Christmas time, we did a, a Jeopardy game with oh, all, oh, it was so much fun with all sorts of facts about the family that that the kids didn't know. And they even got a cheat sheet, which I thought was uh, really great and also was kind of fun. And they still didn't win. The woman who won was the one nobody thought would, even though she's the matriarch of the family. And she knows all this stuff. It was what was she, what would she remember um, and be able to oh, draw right. on. And <laughs> she beat everybody. Um in the game. uh, That's great. My sister-in-law goes, but I didn't buy a gift for her. I bought a gift. (laughs) (laughs) But she still enjoyed it. It was great fun to see her so animated and really engaged uh, in this particular game. So it was fun. And that that brings up an interesting brain
0: dynamic, which is this idea of synchronizing. And um, games are a great way to synchronize with people. And there's actually some brain activity going on that, that, that does just that. And so um, the, the, the parts of our brain we use when we play board games or card games or charades or mm-hmm. things that are, are verbal, they actually do create a bonding effect um, that goes on and it really can bond without it having to be a, a deep conversation. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's a really great um, intervention, if you will, too, when you're going to be in a difficult you know, potentially charged situation is to have a plan to do some bonding types of games that um, they don't have to. No one else has to know they're bonding, but you do. And <laughs> yeah. uh, and it just it it makes it a fun atmosphere, um, lighthearted, but it's something people remember, and it's not something you do every day. Um, my family, we would get together at my grandmother's house in South Georgia, mm-hmm. and everybody loved to play cards, and we played bidding games with partners. And we literally, and she lived in this little town, Cotton, Georgia, where there was probably 50 people who lived there. And so there was absolutely nothing to do. Um, You were a little ways away from driving anywhere. And we literally would just play play bidding games for days and have teams and contests and marathons. And we would eat food and play cards. And everybody looked so much forward to that every year, uh, whether it was a summer holiday or Christmas that we went down there for. Because of
2: that very reason, what we didn't realize is that we were bonding, doing mm-hmm. that, yeah, I remember um, again, we were looking at colleges. so you, I won't tell you how far long ago and far away that was. but we went we went to Wisconsin to look at some schools up at Wisconsin and also to to take a break. And we were on this lake that had all sorts of great stuff. You could fish, you could swim, you could ski, all of that on the lake, except for the fact that, it was pouring rain for five days,
0: oh, and so no. you really
2: couldn't do any of that. So it's what my my parents did. We sat down, we played poker, we played cribbage, we did not get into um, canasta, uh, but you know the, all these fun things. And some of them, you know, we we did matches as money, and it was just so much fun that we yeah. really didn't we didn't care that it was raining outside. We were just having a great time as a family. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so, I think, I think that that's, you know, again, the idea is shifting, shifting your brain to things that you can do that are positive and fun rather than kind of dreading that you're, you're going to be around these people that you're uncomfortable with. Um, so somebody who's kind of a take charge person and and has no problem kind of stepping in and, and making a plan and mm-hmm.
2: just, hey, okay, we're going to do this. Gee, Robin, that might be someone you'd call a leader? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, now I've I've studied a little bit about um, the the whole subconscious, conscious brain, and the you know, thoughts trigger feelings that trigger actions that trigger results, and that if you want to change your results, just changing your actions does doesn't do it because you haven't dealt with the inner game with the thoughts and the feelings do you concur with that model or do you have a different model that you work with
0: no absolutely you know my model is very much uh, a a energy model it aligns with what most energy practitioners believe it's based on um, uh, electromagnetic energy thoughts are electric emotions Mm -hmm. are magnetic and you combine them and you have a, a message that you're sending out and drawing back in um, I talk a lot about that in my book and in my practice. If we can change our so our thoughts subconsciously, we attract different things in our life. Right. And really, a lot of what I do is help people find their subconscious beliefs and reprogram them. And most of the time, when we're at odds with somebody, um, there's a couple of reasons. And um, one may be that they are um, they remind us of somebody else who's hurt us. And so mm-hmm. they may have not actually done something wrong. We just don't like them because we don't realize they reminded of somebody else. Right. But most of the time, we're harboring an assumption, an offense, a judgment um, where, we, where they've offended us or they've made us feel not good enough, not smart enough, uh, inferior, less than, mm-hmm. you know, rejected, worthless, those kind of feelings. Mm-hmm. And so we're carrying these beliefs around about either how we perceive that person perceives us um, or, you know, we're carrying a fence around that may be a pride thing or a self-righteous thing that they've done something horrible and we just don't like them. So it's usually going to be one of those two things. But nonetheless, there's always emotions around these beliefs as to why we don't like somebody Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of assumptions around them, too. And uh, so one of the things I recommend to people is see if you can get in touch with what some of those are. And a lot of times, just a couple of conversations might be able to even clear some of those up. A lot of them are misunderstandings. Um, There are two people making judgments towards each other and wrong assumptions towards each other that snowballs. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some unwinding can bring some resolution and sometimes just some good apologies, can do wonders to healing a relationship.
2: Mm -hmm. The whole uh, I'm sorry um, and that kind of thing. Um, My question to them is when when you're with family, um, one of the things that I find very interesting, I don't have any siblings, so I... What stories I tell are the stories that actually happened because I don't have anybody to dispute that, right? Right. Um, My husband has two sisters and he'll start to tell a story about something that happened with his dad and his mom or they were on a camping trip or whatever. And the girls will go, no, 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 Clark, you don't know what you're talking about. It happened this way. And Mm -hmm. I, I just find that so fascinating that it's almost like the fish story. You know, each time you tell it, the fish gets bigger. Right, um, but and you
0: know, that really just goes to show there's really no such thing as objectivity. We are always experiencing the world through lenses, through filters, mm-hmm. through assumptions. We are programmed. We have a programmed supercomputer in our subconscious, and it affects the way we see and view everything, and even details we may think are mm-hmm. absolutely true um, are still created through that filter of what we thought we saw and heard. Um mm-hmm. So every story is subject to, usually there's several versions of the same story and the truth is some combination of all of them.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, you talked about um, manifestation of the law of attraction and that kind of thing, which you, you deal with as well through the brain. Um, the, I know the reticular activating system is amazing at when you set a vision or a goal or whatever, and really get all five senses involved in it, that triggering that subconscious portion of your brain really begins to bring those things to you. Like, um, you know, you you want to buy a car and you choose a car that you don't see on the road much and you think, ooh, I'm going to have something very special. Nobody has it. And as soon as you buy it, everyone around you has one. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, and and it just has to do with, um, you're aware your reticular activating system now makes you aware of all of those things that are there, right? That's right. That's absolutely right. Um, mm-hmm. And that multiplies in so many different areas
0: uh, of our life on on how that functions.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, can you give us just one?
0: Right now, sure. I, I'm not sure where our time is on this, but
2: um, we have a minute.
0: Well, and so we all have blind spots, and mm-hmm. so often we we do what we call projection, which is we can't see something in ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll see it in another person, and it bothers us. Um, but it's kind of once we realize we actually do the same thing, it it shifts everything away, and all of a sudden we we may observe ourselves doing it a lot because now we've put a focus or attention on it. Uh-huh. Um, and I can talk a little
2: bit of that from quantum
0: physics too after the break. But um,
2: um, Let's do that after the break. Right now I want my audience to think about what challenges are you gonna have this year at, at the holidays? Who are you gonna see? Who you might have some history with that you need to heal? Um, and we'll talk more about that when we come back. So stay tuned.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda. At dare to dream with That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. Are you ready to stand up in your power and stop being a victim? It's time to make a change. Tune in to defining moments with host Debbie Montgomery Johnson. So many of us are hiding behind our true self. We have secrets that keep us hidden from the world and what we could be. When you realize that every learning experience helps us grow, you can be the victor of your own life and success. Defining Moments can be heard live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel.
2: You're tuned to the Voice America Women's Channel, leading the way for your success.
1: You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton, To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at dare with Linda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars.
2: Welcome back. I'm with my guest, Robin Braun, and we're talking about the holidays and emotions, and how to have a smooth, fun um, holiday, and those kinds of things, and to not let the triggers affect you during the holidays, but to really look at what what's your brain saying, what's the emotion going on around that, and how can you change actions and the results so that you have a really great holiday, si- uh, sist- hello, holiday season this year. Um, Robin, one of the things that you work with um, is PTSD. And having been uh, a military officer, uh, I know and have many friends and acquaintances who have come back. And this really is the first conflict war um, where PTSD has been... Uh, really recognized. I know coming out of Vietnam, we really well. We really didn't do a whole lot with the Vietnam vets. Uh, yeah. We we were sort of um, a, a, a pariah Yeah, we're a pariah. Nobody wanted us, um, and the services and whatever were not as good as they could have been. And we real and in World War II, it was just seen as malingering and and that kind of thing. So how come this this particular set of conflicts has really put a a spotlight on the PTSD syndrome? Well, I think we just
0: know more. Um, We understand the brain more. We understand science more. Um, I think uh, a few years back, I know that the highest, um, the highest group, the the highest suicide rate in any uh, culture or ethnic or whatever you want to call it of people was among uh, Vietnam vets. Mm-hmm. oh yeah and so you know the number of years of just dealing with post-traumatic stress and then uh, obviously that most of the community most of the medical community really only knows how to treat it with medication which doesn't really work right and right. so they just end up feeling not human and the, the side effects of the meds um and and don't get the therapy that they need to help release mm-hmm. that um you know the, and, and and post-traumatic stress can come from lots and lots of uh situations, whether it's intense trauma like war, watching bodies being blown apart, or seeing people die, or just being on in a hypervigilant mode for a long period of time um, creates PTSD. The same is true with uh, people coming out of, say, abusive marriages or abusive uh-huh. childhoods. Really, your body's in a state of hypervigilance for a long period of time, and it just kind of wears the body out. Um, we have rumination where you're focusing on past events, either with guilt because you're trying to redo them and with a different outcome, or if you could have done something differently,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, or they're just intrusive thoughts that you can't control.
2: Um, and I think one of the key things, Robin too, is that, um, the, these men and women, because, uh, both sexes obviously can develop the syndrome. Um, It was seen as they were crazy. Um, You know, they were muttering in the streets or whatever it might be. Many of them were homeless. Um, When they did come home to their families, they didn't know how to interact again with um, people who hadn't seen the same thing they did. So what, what kinds of modalities are you working with that's different from just medicating them?
0: Well, so we recognize trauma as energy and most of energy can get stored in various parts of the body. It's always stored in the amygdala and the brain. So we've got two things going on, which is intense amounts of trapped energy. Um, And then there's always a story. What I find with most people when I'm releasing trauma is we can energetically release the physical trauma energy, which is very, very real. Mm -hmm. And there's a number of release techniques that different people use. Um, but the second thing we want to know is, what is the story they made up? Uh, a lot of times mm-hmm. the story may have to do with, um, like in the soldier's case, is guilt. It was my fault that my mm-hmm. cops died. Um, or just intense emotions of helplessness, different types of feelings. They may be angry at somebody. But somewhere there's usually a b- beliefs, um, subconscious beliefs that are really trapped inside of there that go along with that. Um, And very often, you know, we find that a lot of people who suffer from PTSD didn't have very strong attachments in their childhood, Mm. and they don't have what we call very good joy strength. So over the course of their life, they did not develop in their brain the ability to deal well with difficult emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's, um, there's a lot of ongoing things that people can do just day to day, and really what this focuses on is... Finding, uh, stimulating the joy and the pleasure centers of the brain, mm. using your imagination to do that. So, um, building what we call neural pathways between the the subcortical, the bottom of the brain, and the in the front of the brain, if you will, um, to go from a state of despair back to a state of joy. Um, so we call it joy building, joy, joy development, and joy just means um, being glad to be there, being glad to be present. Uh, And pleasure is eating ice cream or looking over the mountains. So there's a lot of techniques we can use to help people who do have chronic depression or kind of chronic states of trauma to help them build joy. And it's very intentional. So those are some of the long-term techniques. But I've had really good success with really actually just releasing trauma energy Mm -hmm. from people's bodies. I can feel it as it comes out. They can feel it as it leaves. They feel immediate shifts a lot of the time. Um, you know, there's, it, it, when you look at the body from an energetic perspective and understand it from quantum physics, it's really a whole different dynamic than, um, than allopathic medicine
2: mm-hmm.
0: and allopathic techniques. I always will say to people, do you remember way back in Star Trek when Scotty just had that little device and he waved <laughs> it into their body? Mm-hmm. They got healed. And I said, that's really what the future is. It's all about energy and frequency and releasing bad energy and putting in good energy, and that's really kind of the simple: bad goes out, good goes in, and we change your body's frequency, and your life is different.
2: I love it. So, you one of the questions that came up was um, in the ho- during the holidays there are, there are a couple of. Uh, again, the, the more negative energies around suicide.
1: Right. So
2: what do you do or how can you support someone who is in that depressed state and the holidays just a- exacerbate it and they want to leave this world? Right. Well, most of the time people who get suicidal around the holidays have what we
0: call a trauma stuck in time Mm. So we can have traumas triggered by times. You'll have people who say, oh, it's the anniversary of my wife's death, and I always have a sad day. Well, not everybody has a sad day on the anniversary of somebody's death. So you know that there's some trauma that's stuck in time. Time exists outside of this plane. Our three dimensions here, we're stuck in time. But in, in the area of, like, memory, actually we transcend time, time doesn't really exist. So Mm -hmm. we can have memories and emotions and traumas that are actually stuck at a certain age or time. I do a lot of work with uh, people with dissociation and what we call parts or alters. Mm -hmm. You know, the full blown of that would be multiple personality disorder. Um, But most of us have what we call parts and a lot of time we have parts stuck in time and that part got traumatized in time. And it can be triggered by the clock. It can be triggered by a time of year. Um, You know, if you had a trauma around a holiday um, that created a depression or sadness, then just seeing a Christmas wreath on somebody's door or they decorate somewhere can start to trigger those same thoughts and feelings, emotions that have come from a place and time. Mm -hmm. So I really would recommend people get some therapy if they really know that that the holidays do trigger suicidal thoughts. Um, most of the time they can get back to a place where that trauma started or that event started. Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You know, really what we were talking about at the break was this concept of what I call the law of expansion. Right. And and in quantum physics, the law of expansion says whatever I focus on, I give energy to and it gets bigger. Mm -hmm. So if we're intentional about focusing on, I'm going to enjoy some aspect of this holiday, even though it's been hard, and we're very intentional in our thoughts about focusing on what's good, focusing on what we can enjoy, focusing on what we're grateful for, even if we've had people die that, and, and it's triggering sadness. And those are normal grieving processes. But in the meantime, we can find a reason or a meaning or a motive to find something joyful or positive in a holiday. And we start to create those new neural pathways that move into the future about giving a new meaning, mm-hmm. um, you know, let's say we had a family member that died or committed suicide around a holiday. We have to be very intentional about now making that holiday mean something new and different and better. Um, or let's say, you know, you're alone because a, a spouse died or children died. Well, I'm going to decide to go volunteer this holiday at a soup kitchen where people mm. who were worse off than me. You know, I can make them feel better. So we're giving a new meaning to the holiday rather than trying to push through and live it exactly the way it was. Because now there's been a transition and life is different.
2: I like that. I, I think that's a, a real positive way to to turn the um, the holiday around. I know my dad died in 2003 just before Christmas. So I, I have that little twinge, but I also know how happy he is. Um, yeah. So I have a whole different memory. The hard part was the year that he died. My my girls would not let me mourn. They thought that was something that was bad. Right. That, you know, you would, and I wanted to write. I wanted to write stories. I wanted to remember things. And we were in Hawaii at the time, um, and they would constantly interrupt. Can we go here? Can we go there? That kind of thing. So I, at that point, I never got a chance to really mourn. Right. But I found that, um over the years, I've been able to work through those stories and and write them down and and really get a good sense of my dad. Um and the girls that literally have apologized recently That's about, me. yeah, we're sorry. We didn't realize what what you were going through and what you right. needed to do. And I that was just that alone was just it was, the beautiful. Point. Yeah. It was wonderful, yeah.. Um, and you-
0: there may be somebody listening that thinks I'm being trite or mm-hmm. you know, unsympathetic, but the truth is that I really, really understand how our brain works. Yeah. When, we, when we think negative thoughts, we release uh, toxins, we release cortisol, we release negative endorphins, histamines. When we think positive thoughts, our body releases dopamine, it releases um, norepinephrine, it releases good neurotransmitters. And so we really are in charge of our brain chemistry, whether we realize it or not. It's just that, that iceberg effect where 95% mm-hmm. of those thoughts are in our subconscious. Um, so what I'm talking about, that first Christmas may be hard or holiday may be hard, but if you're very intentional about trying to create those new neural pathways, you'll see over time you do change the meaning. It's not necessarily an overnight change. But it, it definitely can be done, and, and there's definitely fruit if you if people will be intentional about it.
2: Exactly. I, I so agree with that because I've seen that in myself and my ability to work through um, actually the July timeframe as well as December. And it has really been changing those thoughts, changing the story, and really... Um, getting in touch with all of that. So you know as they say, change the thoughts and the feelings, you'll change the actions and the results. And I think that's really, really, really critical um, to changing the trigger in the holiday. right? I agree. yeah. yeah. And yeah
0: And you know speaking of triggers, that's a, another thing is recognize what your triggers are that may mm-hmm. make you sad or angry or upset with somebody is what is the hot button? You know, if you can talk about the hot button, if you it, when we take things out of darkness and bring them into the light, they lose some of their power. And so just being able to have a conversation about what is really bothering you and what it is. And even just saying, you know, I'm a little sad at the holiday because, you know, we, we lost this person last year and it's just not quite the same without them. It's okay to verbalize that. It, it helps and it does bring empathy. And then you said about creating the new meaning, but again, I don't advocate sweeping things under the carpet. So it's acknowledge what you've lost and sadness, but then what what can I create that's new mm-hmm. and and uh, meaningful moving into the future? And I and I think that's really why the holidays are triggers. Is it really does make people go back to a place of meaning and really evaluate the meaning in their life, and um, and sometimes what I want to empower people to realize is that they have the power to create the meaning. It's not, they're not, they're not helpless in this process, no matter what's happened in their life.
2: Uh, Yeah, that's so true. I mean, it's our thoughts, it's our feelings, and yes, it is subconscious. And we're grateful for the subconscious because without it, we'd have to learn how to brush our teeth every morning. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and how to drive that car. And so it has good aspects as well as not so good, and and those that you have to be aware of, like, oh, I missed my turn. I guess I was, uh, you know, I was on autopilot. I right. wasn't. I wasn't thinking. Um and. I guess that's become distracted driving as well. I do have to ask you one question, though, before we take a break. Um, and something that's really disturbed me is that suicide centers now have a texting consultant. Right, because yeah. the kids, um, you know, the 20-somethings, the millennials or whatever, don't want to talk about it, but they'll text about it. So one quick thought on that because we got about a minute left. Um
0: it for for kids who don't know how to talk because they haven't learned how to talk about this it's a good plan b Mm -hmm. um i would always encourage them to talk it's a different part of your brain it's a different way we process some people are good processors in writing but usually people also need to talk um to process so i think that in the best scenario if they start texting that they are encouraged to to pick up the phone and call
2: okay so any of you who might have a family member who um, is on the brink definitely encourage them to talk it out not just text it out and we'll be back in just a moment
1: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com.
2: Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Voice America
0: Women's Channel.
1: You are listening to leadership stars with linda patton to reach the show today please call 1-866-613-1612 that's 1-866-613-1612 you may also send an email to linda at dare to dream with linda.com now back to leadership stars
2: Welcome back, and I have my guest Robin Braun, and we've been talking about some very uh, deep subjects around brain chemistry, around the holidays, around sadness and loss, PTSD, all of those because they do all relate to the brain and the neural pathways and the subconscious and all of that. So it's it's been a really interesting conversation, especially here around the holidays. But Robin, where I wanted to go next, I know one of the things that you help people with is a blockage to weight loss. So I'm sure that at this point in the year, you know, people have a plan for what they eat all through the year until they hit the holidays. And I can tell you for sure that I have family members who bake cookies to an a huge degree. I mean, most of the cookies they end up giving to people in the town and and the businesses that they work with and that kind of thing, which I think is really a, sort of a great thing to do. On the other hand, there's also a huge amount of cookies in the home. And for okay. someone who um, has a sugar challenge, um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like, I don't want to be rude and not have any, but on, a, on the other hand, I really can't because I can have sugar like, you know, uh, sugar bolus like once a month and that could be right. you know a glass of wine or it might be a scoop of ice cream or whatever it might be and this doesn't support my plan so one how do we stay healthy during the holidays um, with with not necessarily bad food? I mean, it tastes good, but it's not good necessarily for right. you, and alcohol as well. How do we do that? Good, good questions. You know, I live a very holistic
0: lifestyle, and, um, you know, white sugar is very toxic to your body, and I'm not saying I never eat it, but uh, in raising my children, I have worked very hard to not make pastimes and the holidays be around uh, sugar. Mm -hmm. I know that's very anathema in the U.S., but um, I've let my kids know, you know, well, we'll find some healthy recipes maybe and make some healthy cookies or something Mm -hmm. else. But I really, we're one of the most obese nations in the world. So I think that, um, again, setting a different intention to not make the, just like we talk about not making the holidays be about the gifts, right? not make it be about the sugar, And Mm -hmm. so I think that, um, you know, kind of having a lifestyle of eating healthy, um, I know for me, I don't feel good when I eat a lot of sugar. It's not hard for me to not eat sugar because it makes me feel bad. Mm, So I tend to to not have that big of an issue. Now, I know that's not everybody. um, And I do eat a little bit, I will say, but I think the biggest thing is realizing a couple things. One is that you are going to eat things that are bad for you around the holidays. You just are. And so much of weight is around um, uh, you know, releasing a lot of cortisol can actually affect your metabolism and weight. So I try to tell people that to give themselves permission and be free. It, the fear itself can cause you to gain the weight because you're afraid that you're going to gain weight from eating all this food, so you release cortisol, which causes you to gain weight. <laughs> So uh, yes. I always say, just you know, give yourself permission. And I think the other thing is, we tend to binge when we're trying not to binge.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's the control factor that actually backfires against us. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, making your being free to choose. I'm going to choose to eat how I how I'm going to choose to eat, and not beat myself up about it, and not feel bad about it, and not. Be sorry, I did it. I'm going to choose it ahead of time so that I can actually enjoy it. Does that mm-hmm. make
2: sense? Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And it's in some respects, it's okay. I'm going to eat this turkey and all the stuffings and everything else that goes with it. I might have a cookie or two afterwards, but it's in moderation. Right. It's it's not you know having a plate that's so full that you know things are falling off the plate. Uh, it's I will take some, but not all. And so the
0: question is, too, is if you don't binge on a regular basis year round, Mm -hmm. if you don't eat till you're dying on a regular basis year round, what is it about the holiday that makes you do that? And my my guess is it's one of two things or both. One is it's a habit. Oh, this Mm -hmm. is the one day a year I just get to pig out and whatever. Or secondly, it's because you have stuffed all those emotions about the holidays that you're not (laughs) dealing with. And so you're trying to eat those emotions Mm. and, and so it, and it may be both. And I think that, um, you know, again, I know in giving myself freedom to eat and I did have an eating disorder growing up. That's part of my testimony. I had an eating disorder for 14 years. And so part of my freedom is that I eat whatever I want and I quit when I'm full and I don't think about it. I don't worry about it. And I don't overeat on Thanksgiving because I don't like the feeling of being stuffed and bloated and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So it's not that hard. It doesn't matter how much good food is out there. I can eat a little bit of everything and get full and I'm okay. And, and I think that that's, but the psychology of it is giving yourself permission and not trying to be good, if you will, or be disciplined and then hating yourself later and getting stuck in
2: that cycle of sabotage. Yeah, I think that's the key is is not set false expectations that are, in some respects, very easy to break. Right. Um, and then, then beating yourself up about the fact that, well, I couldn't even stay on my diet for one day. You know, what a terrible person I am, as opposed to, you know, setting realistic expectations as to what you're going to do. And if you slip a bit, be forgiving and yeah. just know that next time you know i i'm i'm going to you know either set the parameters differently or just be more aware of what i'm doing and what i'm putting in my body my my 18 year old is vegan and she said just the
0: day, yesterday yesterday the day before she said um so i'm not going to eat vegan for thanksgiving i just wanted you to know i think good <laughs> <laughs> You oh. are totally free. I, nobody will be watching you. So.
2: Right. And nobody's going to criticize you for the fact that well, I thought you were vegan.
0: Exactly. You're, you're, you're having yeah.
2: turkey? Isn't that yeah. a violation of your beliefs? I know. And
0: nobody, you know, and nobody does that. So it's about her freedom to mm-hmm. choose her diet the way she feels convicted to to eat and, you know, have a conversation about health and wellness versus you know, it's all about framing things in a way that are encouraging and not criticizing and critical. And I think that's just one of the problems in America is we don't know how to be kind consciously. Mm -hmm. Um, Overall, we talk, especially to family, we talk to each other the way children do still, which is criticize and make people wrong. And, you know, we don't make
2: choices to be kind to one another, especially our family. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's. I do think that that's true, that we pick at each other and we pick little knit knit kinds of things as opposed to you know the big picture, um, right. and you know it's it's we sort of like what is that about? Why why do we have that picture that we're that we filmed of our parents when we were growing up? Why do we keep? I mean, why do we keep replaying replay, that when we know that that's not what we necessarily want? Right, and that goes back to the programming. and And I did want to say one more thing.
0: You know, we mm-hmm. between zero and six, our brain isn't fully developed, and we really are tape recorders and sponges, and we really do absorb so much. And I know that those people who had really terrible holiday experiences at those early ages, even pre memory ages. This is a lot harder for them. It is a lot harder to go back to even before memory, where there may have been abuse or abandonment or poverty, or mm-hmm. um, you know, just feeling completely ignored or the holidays not being celebrated at all. Um, a lot of times those emotions get triggered from a place they don't even know where they came from. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they can be dealt with in, in therapy. and some of these other techniques I was talking about, building new memories, using your imagination to imagine enjoying the holiday, that type of thing, those can still build new neural pathways no matter how much programming has gone on.
2: Well, and I think it's also interesting, uh, Robin, that um, not only is it when you're young and definitely there, I have a, f- I have a four-year-old memory that really was significant um, that I've talked about before, but um what I also find interesting is because you film your parents, if a parent dies, um, that the the photography stops and you have no idea how to be in that role as as they were aging. My husband lost his father when he was around 17, and I watched him disengage from the girls And I thought, okay, well, you know, he's disengaging emotionally because we're going to empty nest all at one time. And, you know, he, he wants to prepare himself for that kind of emotional shift. And what I realized as we were going through this was he has no video of what it's like to be a dad to adult children. Right. And so he was building his own movie. Uh, and it, it was, you know, it was rocky, and it was like, how do I do this? And I just thought it was it was very interesting that we, when we have the video, we just go with it. We don't think about whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. We just go with it, and then all right. of a sudden when the movie ends, it's like, okay, now what do I do?
0: Well, and some part of him got stuck there, so mm-hmm. uh, if, you know, again, if he can get unstuck by dealing with that trauma from 17 or mm-hmm. whatever hasn't been processed he can reprogress, but that's a good point about not having a, a role model of how to parent adult children. But now he can watch you and see how you parent the adult children or interact with them. I should say you're not really parenting them.
2: Not anymore. <laughs> they're parenting me now. Although are anyway. Yeah, I was really grateful at 25 that all of a sudden I got my brain back. And, oh, good. And I, and, I was, and I was good for advice and, and counsel and to have conversations with. It was like, wow, what happened? <laughs> but it, yeah, it was great. Um, great. So Robin, I know you have a free gift for uh, our, our listening audience, and I'd love you to tell us about it. Sure. If
0: uh, people go to my website, which is integratedlifestrategies.com forward slash giveaway, it's one word, G-I-V-E-A-W-A-Y, um, there, will, there's a few choices on the page. I have, I have my three books on the page, uh, A Believer's Guide to the Law of Attraction, uh, which is using scripture to understand the law of attraction for scripture. So it's basically written for Christians to not throw the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. uh, with these quantum physics principles. The second book is 30 Days to Peace and Joy. Again, it's a, a devotional, um, similar... Similar principles, but it's written more in a therapeutic style where people have to actually dig in and write, write out, and journal um, mm-hmm. about these particular principles. So it helps them apply them personally. And then my third book, um, in in my story, I was married to a man who uh, had a sexual addiction. Um, so my third book is called Journey Through the Storm or Overcoming the uh, Pain uh, for the spouses of. Gosh, I should remember the name of my book. <laughs> I know how that goes. Okay, overcoming the pain of your husband's sexual uh, porn slash sex addiction, Um, and that's also on there as well. So people can choose uh, which book. I do also have some discounts on there for clients. I am able to the energy work I can do remotely, so I'm able to Skype or do phone sessions all over the world um, with very good success, as if they were sitting in my office. So I do have some discounts there for um, you know personal. uh, clients as well to um, come see me uh, professionally and um, so any one of those choices there's just an option where they can email me and I can I can send them a, an e-copy of the book so
2: okay so audience please take advantage of that you can go to Robin's website or you can find that also on my website at wwwdarethenumber the number two dream with lynda.com and Robin, we're getting close to the end of of our marvelous time together. I've had a great time, and I've learned a whole lot because many of these things um, impact and trigger me as well. Um, So I was curious if you had three key tips for our listening audience to make it through the holidays and not totally destroy their healthy lifestyle plan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well... um you know, first of all, really everything in moderation. Sugar and alcohol. It's don't make it an excuse to party or binge. Be different. Be be yourself. Be assertive. Um, take care of your body. It's you're going to regret it if you really just um, overindulge in those things because they're not good for you and they don't make you feel good. So you it will affect how well you're enjoying this holiday season, physically. Um, secondly just realize that we all have buttons, we all have triggers, and those can get pushed and have a plan to diffuse emotion uh, if you get triggered. And some that may be like calling a friend, you may have to sneak off into a bedroom and pick up the phone and call a friend and just process if you're just feeling really emotional and triggered. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that having a plan is a good idea and be willing to head off Some of those difficult relationships, Um, I have people will come to me right before the holidays and do work about a particular relative because they know they're going to spend the holidays with them. And I've seen that shift the event just by getting rid of some of the trapped emotions and beliefs about the dynamic with that person. I've got some really good stories about that. Um, So I know that it works. Try to take care of some unfinished business before the holiday and focus on what you can really enjoy and can be positive and
2: delightful about the holidays. Make new meanings if you need to. All right. Those are great tips, Kim. Thank Kim, Robin, thank you so very, very much. Um, it's been a great conversation, and thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it, and keep up the good work. You're doing an awesome job. Thank you. So if you have... A need or want to get more information about the art of herding cats, please do go to my website at www.darethenumber2dreamwithlinda.com or send me an email. And my thought for you this week is to be courageous and dare to leave. And thank you so very much for a great episode. Talk to you soon. Bye bye.